guys to episode four of the Satoshi Show uh, with me, Molly, Lena, and Mia. Uh, Mia's back. Yay! Yay! <laughs> um, yeah, because you weren't with us for the last episode, Mia, were you? Ah, oh, well, I've traveled a little bit, but probably the most interesting part has been the Mexico part. I have been in Baja California for the Bitcoin Standard Conference, and I have to say it has been awesome. I've met so many Bitcoiners, the conversations were all great, the food was uh, amazing, and yeah, we spent a lot of time uh, together, even in a very remote rancho, just in the middle of nowhere. And, and I even sang a little bit, uh, um, yeah. After, yeah, we created a band just, I mean, Bitcoiners are full of skills and talents, but um, yeah, in probably some minutes, uh, we found uh, a guitarist, a bassist, uh, a drummer, and yeah, <laughs> we created a band <laughs> and I sang. I was very happy. I was very happy to sing after so much time and we got this great Bitcoin energy going on. So one of the, my favorite performance ever. <laughs> oh, so which, um, which event was this? Bitcoin standard event organized by the Ugly Goat. So yeah, thanks to Ugly Goat. Yeah. Wow, the comfort, I mean, uh, the contents were incredible because they were all about uh, uh, Bitcoin as a standard. So we touched everything around that. And I, ha I moderated some panels. Uh, I, I was in some panels and I really had to think about uh, that topic very deeply. And so um, I came back home with so many things to think over because uh, we always say, okay, someday we are going to have the Bitcoin standard, the Bitcoin standard is cool, fiat standard is bad, but what about the mid-term consequences? What about the long-term consequences? What about tomorrow? So yeah, it were pretty interesting. I really hope there is going to be some recording so we can share what, uh, what our uh, thoughts were about uh, that topic, yeah. Because I think the community will be very happy to, to know about um, the conference. Yeah, that's really cool. So is it quite a small conference then? Because I hadn't heard of it until you mentioned it. Yeah, it was a very small conference. Uh, actually, my favorite size of conference because uh, I consider myself... Um, Bitcoin events junkie because I loved, I used to love so much all the Bitcoin events, meetups, conferences, uh, yeah. And then, yeah, I had a baby, so I had to stop a little bit, but I clearly remember that after two months, uh, I was there in Lisbon <laughs> again uh, to a Bitcoin event. But then COVID happened and I was uh, so sad, just like everybody else. Uh, because uh, I wasn't able to go to all these amazing uh, Bitcoin events. But um, actually, I always prefer the, the smallest one because you have the time to speak uh, with each other. They are very calm and relaxed. Uh, and um, and also, if there is a good selection of speakers, you get incredible topics too. So, yeah, I, I really like it. I mean, giant events. I, I wasn't in Miami. I cannot imagine how cool it was. But... Uh, even from 
here I was just like, oh my God, this is even too much. I'm not going to meet all the people, not going to speak with anybody. So uh, probably I would have suffered a little bit of FOMO during that kind of conference. <laughs> yeah, and this one was uh, yeah, the perfect size for me, yeah. That's cool. So you're not going to Bitcoin 2022 then? No, I, I think I'm going to go better, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, I will try my best. I mean, it's not that easy because at the moment, US and Canada uh, don't want Europeans. Mm. Uh, so yeah, last time would have been one month of traveling just to be there for three, four days. But hopefully yeah. things will be better next year or otherwise we'll find a way. So probably I will be there. <laughs> I don't know about you, but uh, I really experience uh, a lot of uh, depression <laughs> staying at home. I feel you though. Yeah. I feel you. Like I'm, I'm also really not a fan of big events. I, I actually consider myself an introvert. Like I get really stressed out by uh, um, even small groups of people. And... Uh, I just prefer being among like just like either by myself or with just a couple of people. But like Bitcoin events are like the big exception for me. It's just I feel there's so much, so much uh, like power with these events. And you feel like, you know, you're with your tribe. And when you're you know by yourself or when you're in your normal everyday environment, you just don't meet people that um, understand like where you work, uh, what your job is like and even what Bitcoin is. And um It's so different when you go to these events, suddenly it's like everybody's on the same wavelength and you can just talk about things and you don't need to have like a 15 minute discussion first to explain what Bitcoin is. And that's just so great. I really miss that. Really miss that. Haven't been to an event in ages. Yeah. Well, you know what, girls? Spoiler alert. I have never been to a Bitcoin conference. <gasps> Shocking. I know. <laughs> no, I know. I haven't. I don't think I've ever even been to a Bitcoin meetup. Um, yeah, six six and a half years working in Bitcoin, and I've never been. I've. I think I've. I've obviously speak to people on Twitter and stuff like that. So you feel you're part of a community, and I obviously work with the, big, the team here at Coin Corner. Uh, so you're surrounded by Bitcoiners, but outside of you know my little community here, uh, yeah, I've never never been to an event but i'm hoping that'll change soon yeah it's time <laughs> it's about time <laughs> yeah i need to take a leaf out of your book mir <laughs> yeah. so yeah uh, mir is at all the events yeah yeah <laughs> and the funny thing is that uh if i remember correctly uh, you molly are introverts too And I consider myself an introvert too, uh, so, but uh, I'm completely different uh, during Bitcoin events because uh, usually, uh, yeah, uh, it's too much energy for me, but uh, at Bitcoin events, uh, I just like gain energy from other people. It's the first time for me uh, and I really love the, this thing because uh, it's, it's completely new and because the energy around is so different uh, and everybody is... Uh, is just like working on the same goal, uh, but everybody is so different because they have their own stories, their own life. So you get so different points of view. So you cannot uh, help but uh, recharge yourself. Oh my God, I feel excited just listening to you talking about it. <laughs> Time for a Satoshi conference. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need to go. So which which ones are you girls going to next? What, what do you have lined up? So. Dubai will be the next one. 
So, yeah. Which one is that? Understanding. That's yeah. Understanding Bitcoin. Understanding right? Bitcoin. So yeah, that one mm-hmm. will be small too because uh, there are some limitation. But I'm looking forward because it's a technical conference. So my favorite ones too, and and now and then, uh, hopefully. We will be in El Salvador for the Lightning Conference. I don't know the name because they just announced the conference, but uh, very interesting that one too. So and also El Salvador, I guess everybody wants to go there for other reasons. So yeah, that that's my plan for the next uh, uh, month. Cool. So I'm actually thinking of going to CoinFest, uh, which is a UK. Well, no, I think the CoinFest brand is global, but there's a CoinFest UK event, um, which is in Manchester in November. So that's the one I'm going to go to, which will hopefully be my first. I think I think it is a shitcoin event. I think it does have shitcoins there, but you know, it's got Bitcoiners there too. Yeah, but it's one of the most, um, I mean, uh, it's an historical conference. Uh, I remember that since many years, so probably worth to go there and meet some people. Yeah. Mm. It's very hard to find Bitcoin only events. Like most events have some, some blockchain stuff going on, but I, I still think most of the time, it's good if you then bring the Bitcoin energy in, mm. you know. Otherwise, you'd have only shit coins, you know, so. No, yeah. exactly. I yeah. think I think it's going to be good. Um, and I think, I know, like, a lot of people going are just Bitcoiners, and we might have, like, a little Bitcoin after conference party or something. Of course. Um, <laughs> yeah, of because course. the most interesting uh, parts are outside the conference. <laughs> it's just. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Go for a steak or something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's my plan anyway, the November one. And then I do really want to go to Bitcoin 2022 yeah. in Miami. I hope so. That I think that's April, isn't it, next year? Mm-mm. Yeah. So that's a month after my 30th birthday party. Oh. So. Well, 30th birthday, so I could tie it in maybe. <laughs> cool. Wow. Next topic I wanted to talk about was uh, careers in Bitcoin, because I don't know about you girls, but I get asked this a lot. Um, how how to get a job in Bitcoin, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Tips, tricks, advice. Yeah, hopefully we won't have jobs uh, <laughs> in the future. So we are going to spend our time just discussing stuff <laughs> because we will be Bitcoiners. I mean, uh, I- I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> it's at least that's since- discussing stuff all the time and just building a new world. That's my idea of a Bitcoin renaissance. But in the meanwhile, we need jobs. And even during the renaissance, uh, Bitcoin renaissance, we will need new jobs. So we are in this sort of interim where we can finally have Bitcoin jobs. They are very different from fiat jobs. Uh, I just tweeted something like that the other day because I was just considering that, uh, I mean, the Bitcoin jobs, I mean, not every job regarding Bitcoin is a Bitcoin job, but a a Bitcoin job to me is a a job based on um, ethics, is based on uh, um, trust, is based on uh, so many incredible things, also on meritocracy and so on, so on. So many people are now quitting their jobs, their fiat jobs, to get into Bitcoin jobs. And it's it's not easy because there are not so many at the moment, but the network is very powerful. So I would totally recommend to start looking at, for example, there are some accounts, there are, they have boards with Bitcoin jobs, so you can go there and search if somebody is uh, uh, 
um, is looking for your skills and the network is very powerful. I would say that again. So just uh, look around and you will find a Bitcoin job uh, and the job for you because it would be amazing. Otherwise, in the meantime, you can just wait for the Bitcoin renaissance where we can finally have new jobs and incredible citadels and dreams and whatever. And so you can just wait and have in your fiat jobs and dreaming of that all the time. Honestly, like I get that you're saying there's not a lot of Bitcoin jobs out there, but I honestly have like the opposite problem. Uh, I regularly... Yeah, no, I regularly have the issue that I can't find the right people for a job because there's not enough um, like people with Bitcoin expertise and then the right work ethics out there. <laughs> so it's already pretty um, a, a bit of a challenge to find people that have, you know, the right work ethics that are willing to put in the work that are willing to work hard and, um, you know, that want to stay with you long term. I find that sometimes I find that pretty hard. Um, but then finding people that know about Bitcoin and have some kind of prior knowledge, even if just a little bit, sometimes I find that a little hard. That being said, the, it, I, I think actually it's really simple. If you have a talent or a skill, you can probably use it in the Bitcoin space. Because in order to work with or around Bitcoin, you don't need to be a developer or a coder or some genius because there's lots of companies in the space doing lots of different things and every company has different departments. So Bitcoin companies aren't built too differently from um, non-Bitcoin companies. They'll have, you know, HR department, they'll have a marketing department, they'll have BD, then they'll have, um, you know, design, development, those kinds of things, legal. And um, so you need people with very different uh, skill sets. and chances are you have one or some of those skill sets and you can put it to use in a Bitcoin company. Of course, you need to put in the work and you need to learn about Bitcoin, which is a process that never ends, <laughs> which is beautiful in my opinion. But if you're willing to do that, yeah, you have opportunities. Yeah, to know you also have that. to be very proficient with meme <laughs> and things like that. It's, it's not very easy to understand from a side, but uh, you have to know the community, you have to know the news. Uh, it's very difficult because, uh, as you were saying, it's just the intersection between the Bitcoin knowledge and your personal talent and skill. And that's uh, the perfect match. And I can agree with you. There are not so many people at the moment who can have this strong intersection. But uh, the good news is that if you have a skill and some talent, you can use, probably find uh, somebody that is uh, looking for you. <laughs> so we have to match uh, these, uh, these different uh, requests from people. Yeah. yeah. And if you don't have any other skills, you can still draw comics. <laughs> you have loads of skills be quiet absolutely <laughs> uh, no I was yeah I think there's a common misconception that you have to be techie to be in Bitcoin um, or you know like in a developer role or something and, and like you said there Lena you know Bitcoin businesses are no different to regular businesses uh, yeah here at Coin Corner we have obviously I'm in marketing we have an accountant um you know, it's quite interesting, I think, from Dave's perspective, because he 
comes from traditional accounting and now he has to work with eight decimal places uh, or maybe 11 if he's using, is it 11 for the lightning? I don't know. Um, yeah, but it's, yeah, it's very much depending on your own personal skill set. And I think that personality wise, like this is one of the fastest moving industries I've ever worked in. I mean, I'm comparing this to the industry which I worked in before, which was hospitality, uh, which is, you know, very slow paced and same old every year. So, but I think just in general, the Bitcoin industry is, is incredibly fast paced. Uh, I think we've spoken about it before. There's literally developments all the time, news coming out all the time. Uh, and I think to, in order to work in Bitcoin, you do need to be very switched on and reactive and keeping up with what's going on in the world, even if it's not necessarily reflective of your role. Um, you know, even if you work, I don't know, in a customer support role, or if you are in accounts, um, I feel like you still need to be up to date with what's going on mm. because everything affects the whole industry. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. also in many cases, and um, that's actually probably not the case with Coin Corner, right? But um, with many companies, I think if you want to work, you have an opportunity and a challenge at the same time, which is a lot of them want remote workers. So that is an opportunity because it just doesn't matter where you are. You can work at a company on the other side of the world and, um, you know, you can grow that company together with, uh, with the people you're working for. Um, at the same time, it's a challenge because it is not easy to work from home or to work remotely. You need to work very independently. And uh, that kind of goes hand in hand with what you said, Molly. Like you also have to be able to um, keep learning and keep educating yourself and keep up to speed. Uh, by yourself because nobody's necessarily going to help you with it everybody's really busy in this space because it's growing so fast everybody's just trying to keep up you know so you got to do the same so um that's in my opinion it's really exciting no day is like the other uh, but that is something that you got to be uh down for yeah yeah do you, you know the remote um working side is very interesting because that's not something that we currently offer at Coin Corner. And I, I know that's kind of goes against the norms of most Bitcoin businesses because everybody seems to be working remote. Um, that's just our own personal preference. I think, I guess we're lucky here on the Isle of Man because I feel like COVID really forced that remote working for a lot of businesses. Um, but being here on the Isle of Man, we didn't get too badly hit with COVID. Um, we had a couple of lockdowns and we were all, we were all working from home and had to go through that. It was a nightmare. But now that we're all back in the office, I think though that working from home life made us appreciate being together as a team in the office. Because um, like, like I just said, you know, you do have to be very self-motivated and to keep up with what's going on. Whereas when we're as a team here in the office, we can talk about it, you know, what's going on with each other. And we actually have um, on a Friday, like news meetings. So I mean, we're a big team now, so we have to split it. But we, uh, everybody brings a news article and we kind of discuss it as a team about what's been going on and kind of break it down and explain it for other people. So I will bring like a marketing, like if I see something that's cool, uh, like a Bitcoin marketing story or whatever, or like our compliance team will bring like regulatory news um, and then ex help explain it to the rest of the team, uh, which keeps everybody kind of up to date. But yeah, I mean, hats off to, I know you both work from home, um, but I can't, I couldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, I get it. 
If I may stress, uh, stress um, a point, I think an important thing to remember is also that uh, the Bitcoin industry is uh, growing very fast and at the same time there are new paradigms, uh, paradigms, uh, paradigms, I don't know how to say that, you, you can keep it <laughs> or you can cut it, you do whatever you prefer. Um, I was, uh, I was saying mm, what I was saying. Okay, so uh, the credentials are not that important anymore because uh, it's impossible to have a credential in Bitcoin at the moment. There are plenty of people, there are pseudonymous, uh, they are working in the Bitcoin industry, for example. Uh, there are plenty of people that are not techie, but that misconception was because in the beginning you used to be a techie to work in the in the Bitcoin space, but right now everything has changed so much. But you don't need so many credentials because you cannot have them. So don't be shy, apply for this job. That's my recommendation, because if you have some um, talent, skills and you want to grow, you are hard worker, you are going to find a place for you in the space. So uh, it's very important to not to stick with this idea of academic or whatever credential. Yeah, if you work hard, if you have ambition, you can find a job yeah. in the Bitcoin space. Yeah. Yeah. But I do have to say uh, the last couple of months I've been getting a number of applications from people who put in their resume that they are uh, certified Bitcoin specialists <laughs> who took some course <laughs> on oh, wow. Bitcoin. <laughs> I don't oh. can anyone call themselves a certified Bitcoin specialist. I, I, I even I like I wouldn't call myself a specialist by any means. I think. Well, you don't have a certificate. You're not allowed <laughs> to. You know what? Maybe that's it. Maybe I need to get one of these certificates. Usually from LinkedIn, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's always from LinkedIn. <laughs> that, that's a giant turn off, a giant red flag. I'm not going to go on looking at the curriculum uh, if you put something like that because uh, it's in, it's stupid, it's impossible. And yeah, maybe in some years there's going to be some certification or whatever, but it's very early. So don't put that. Yeah. No, we know it's bullshit. We can see right through it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So TLDR on jobs. There's a job for everybody in Bitcoin. Yeah. If you work hard. Yeah. If you work hard. Of course. Um, okay, cool. Right. This next section then we haven't done before, but we're going to try it. <laughs> now we get asked questions. Well, no, well, we got asked some questions after um, we put out the first episode, I think. Uh, and then we also posted in our Telegram chat if people had any questions for us that they wanted to ask, feel free. Uh, so Lena, you have collated some questions that we've been asked that we've picked our favorites. Yeah, and we're gonna go through and answer them. Yes, the first question that we will try to answer is from Money Ninja. And Money Ninja's, yeah, Money Ninja's question is, why do you think there are fewer women in the Bitcoin space and what traits do you think that group has, if any, that brought them in? And uh, I don't know if you, well, you know what, I'll just take it. <laughs> I'll go first. So why I think there are fewer women. So again, like we talked about this in uh, one of our earlier episodes, like obviously there's no data on it, but yeah, there's not a lot of women in comparison to men. 
Um, there's some kind of narrative going around that this is because uh, the space is so male and so heavily male dominated that women are scared off. And it's also so toxic and so maximalist that women feel like they don't belong. Personally, I cannot confirm that. I have never felt um, intimidated or never felt mistreated by any men in the space. Um, what I think is much more likely is just, and that is not a Bitcoin thing, it's just Bitcoin is it's very technical and it's, um, you know, it's finance related and tech and finance tend to be more male dominated spaces, uh, which, you know, I think, and I'm not an expert on this, but I think it has something to do with biology that men t lean, tend to lean more, tend to, tend to be more interested in things and women tend to be more interested in people, people related things. And that shows in their career choices. It shows in, you know, hobbies and those kinds of things. And um, I think that plays a big role in why there are more men than women in the space right now. But that being said, I think it is a temporary problem, if you want to call it a problem, uh, because Bitcoin's public image is shifting from, you know, this magic internet money that's so uber technical and confusing to just money. And everybody uses money. So I, I, you know, I certainly think it's great uh, that there's people out there that want to encourage women to give it a go. Um, I do think it is not a huge issue. Um, personally, I've never felt like it was an issue for me. So, so yeah. When it comes to what traits do women in the space ha have like, that brought them in? Again, I can only talk about myself here, but uh, I know that my natural attitude towards new things is usually to be very cautious, to think a lot, to kind of procrastinate, and often to overthink things before I try anything. And I've seen with the men around me that they're very often, they're more risk takers. They uh, try to, they, they just do things. They don't think too much about something. They just, you know... Uh, try something new. They're more daring, more adventurous often than than I would consider myself, and I, I really admire that, and I I try to uh, implement that in my life as well, and to not overthink things too much and not be scared of new things, and uh, again, that's just you know for me, but that has helped me with, you know, my my Bitcoin journey, so to say. That's cool. What about you, Mare? Well, I have to say that it's kind of natural in a way if you have, um, I mean, Bitcoin is uh, at the intersection of many different disciplines and these disciplines are traditionally male dominated. So if you think about computer science, cryptography, economics, finance, and you put all the intersection yeah, at the moment, uh, you can understand why not many women are so involved. But uh, as Lena was saying, that's just the beginning. And I'm looking forward for a day when Bitcoin will, will be so natural, so, I mean, so easy to use uh, that um, more women will be uh, involved uh, very, I mean, Without many action, Bitcoin is uh, is amazing. So uh, many women will enter. Probably there is uh, at the moment um, 
we are not communicating that well the part that uh, Bitcoin is uh, about uh, um, sovereignty and also financial sovereignty. And that part would, in my opinion, attract more women. Uh, at the moment, I mean, we are looking for really, are we looking for a ratio of 50-50? I don't know. Uh, maybe at the moment, the quality could be more important than quantity, because if we can communicate well uh, about the concept and everything about Bitcoin, uh, it doesn't matter that moderation. Uh, but uh, let's see what happens. Bitcoin will be just a normal tool in our life and the ratio will be 50-50 in the end. I think I've, I think I don't think we've mentioned it on the podcast with Anita. Um, but what Lena just said there about women being a little bit more reserved when it comes to you know men being more risk takers. Um, obviously, Bitcoin is at the moment at least quite a high risk investment or whatever you want to perceive it as. Um, whereas women, I think, tend to I don't know generalizing. Uh, you know, need to have all the information and think it at, uh, think it through. And uh, I think it's very good when you have places where you can buy small amounts of Bitcoin because it is just dipping your toe in and testing it, um, which then helps kind of create that reassurance that it's all okay. Bitcoin is fine. Um, there's nothing to worry about. <laughs> totally agree. Um, okay, next question. If you could start Twitter life only, would you be female or anonymous and why? Anonymous, anonymous. I've done everything wrong from the beginning because for, I mean, for safety reason and also because, uh, I mean, people cannot assume things on you so you are freer to express your opinion and to tell tough stuff. Uh, Nobody is watching you that much because, uh, I mean your family, friends, whatever. I, I feel that uh, I, I always in some way restrain myself because there is my face and my name. Um, so not that much anymore, but uh, with an anonymous account, outside anonymous account will be totally better in so many different ways. Uh, and it would be even more fun if you think about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think if I, if I could start my use of the internet over i would do a lot of things differently honestly i think it, it is cool to kind of grow up in a time like where the internet was available like early, early on <laughs> during my life and it started growing and nowadays you know the kids nowadays you know they just grow up with like the internet and social media which is really cool but it's also really dangerous um because you know we have this the situation where everything you do stays online forever and uh it's getting people canceled like decades after they said something that was okay at the time but now is not anymore you know see this is uh this is an interesting one for me so i come at it from a slightly different perspective in that yeah like i agree that and not i can't even say it anonymous no no being a non um is you know it has its benefits uh but for me personally i don't think i think it's a difficult one especially in bitcoin in the sense that because like even satoshi obviously an anonymous creator um there's an air of mystery around it and i think there runs a risk sometimes that when people don't know who 
is behind certain things, whether it's companies or projects or whatever. Um, I don't know, it's kind of nice to have a face to that. I hope I'm making sense. Um, yeah, I don't know, maybe I, obviously I am on Twitter as myself, but I represent Gwen Corner. Um, maybe if I was sort of like individual, uh, you know, like independent or freelance, then maybe it would be different. But I think that when we're trying to bring new people into Bitcoin, uh, I think unless you're not Bitcoin minded, you want, I think most people want that sort of reassurance that there's real people behind it. Um, so I think, yeah, do you know what I mean? So I think sometimes being, having your yourself on there is a benefit because when we're, yeah, when we're trying to bring new people in, they need that. They, you know, Bitcoin in itself is this mysterious currency that was created, you know, by this mysterious creator, which is all great. And, it, you know, it's a fantastic story, but reality is that's very hard to bring you know, down the line, how are we going to bring people in to Bitcoin when it's, it is essentially magic internet money. Um, so that's kind of my perspective on it. I do feel definitely being anon has its benefits. Um, and like you say, sometimes when you put stuff out there and you're like, oh, you know, that's going to be on the internet forever now. Um, that's obviously not great, but I don't know. I personally, <laughs> I personally, I don't think I would be anonymous. I don't think I could be anonymous because I put too much of my personality out on Twitter and I like people to, you know, get to know me, essentially. Um, but that's just me. There is a real value to having people who show their faces and represent. Like, great example is Michael Saylor, who, uh, you know, undoubtedly had a major impact on Wall Street's involvement in, in Bitcoin. And, you know that would not have happened or at least not have happened nearly as fast um, had he been some Anon guy. Because <laughs> nobody would have cared. Like, oh, Anon guy uh, buys $250 million worth of Bitcoin, right? No, nobody cares. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's, we are Bitcoiners, so we love uh, immutability and things like that. But uh, I strongly feel that uh, there is a right to oblivion in some way. <laughs> so I'm very scared, probably because I'm the oldest between us. So uh, I spend a big part of my life with uh, no internet or very, I mean, early, the early internet. So I clearly remember when we used to do stuff and nobody remember about that. So I'm probably, I, I'm scared about that. The idea that everything is staying online, multiplied forever and forever. So yeah, this really scared me. This is why even if I, I totally get your point, Molly, and I think it's very important to show ourselves, our personality, our face, because it's really powerful in including and attract people at the same time. I'm, I'm so scared about what's going on nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it there is pros and cons of yeah. being your face and a non. Okay. Yeah, if you are not sure whether you should start your Twitter anon or not, start it anon because once you're on once you're no longer anonymous, you can't go back. So that you know, better think about it more than I did and Mir did. <laughs> yeah. There are some really successful non-accounts as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. Plan B. 
yeah that's who I was, I was trying to think of his name yeah. <laughs> so successful I can't remember um, <laughs> yeah I always get confused between his display name and his handle and then I end up amalgamating the two to come out with something random 100 trillion plan b's yeah yeah, also their Gigi. I love the fact that their Gigi is now showing his face on the podcast. <laughs> I love their Gigi. He is brilliant. Or she. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> they. <laughs> they. They. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Gigi's. Yeah. Okay, next question is uh, from Money Ninja. <laughs> Money Ninja <laughs> yeah. have really good questions for us. Mm-hmm. How did friends and family react to your entering Bitcoin as a career and how has that changed over time? Okay, I guess that when I entered Bitcoin, was that six years ago? First of all, no one had heard of it. Um, and I think if you Googled Bitcoin around about that time, there was only sort of like Silk Road stories and, you know, negative news coverage. So I think... I think initially my friends and family were like, what on earth is she doing? Like, what is, what is she getting involved in? Um, but I think as well, I think people thought it was kind of like a little nerd cryptocurrency. Now people think it's really cool. And every, like, you know, kind of going back to the Bitcoin jobs, everybody wants to work in Bitcoin and everybody, you know, everyone thinks it's cool now. So it's done a nice, like, you know, circle whatever it is it's come back to basically being you know i'm now cool which is (laughs) something i thought i'd never say (laughs) i think you're really cool thanks thanks (laughs) you have to say that um i know yeah (laughs) so that's mine what about you mia well yeah it's the same nobody knew what bitcoin was and probably they still don't understand that much, which is great. Uh, they were kind of shocked because, uh, well, I changed a lot of different positions and a different jobs. I, when I met Bitcoin the first time, I was a, a vocal coach. So it was a kind of huge shift from uh, what I was previously doing. So that was the most difficult part to make people understand that I there was a I wasn't going mad and crazy. Uh, yeah, but uh, at the moment, they, they are kind of okay. Um, it's very difficult to explain uh, what, uh, what I'm doing, what's bit, what is Bitcoin. But uh, families and friends, they are just trusting <laughs> and not verifying at the moment. But I think at some point, they, they, they will think that uh, we are doing something uh, cool. But I'm still waiting. <laughs> <laughs> what about you Lena? Um, my friends and family are not into Bitcoin <laughs> I failed <laughs> actually that's not true uh, I have one success story and that's my aunt I recently found out my aunt is a Bitcoiner I'm, I'm not sure if it's thanks to me I would like to think it is <laughs> but yeah, I am uh, surrounded by people who are not very interested in Bitcoin, which is perfectly fine. You know, I don't want to force it on anybody. I think, you know, once they're ready, they're going to get into it. I did get them uh, the Bitcoin standard, though, because I am convinced that if you read that book, you cannot go back. So I am waiting for that orange pill moment. I am still waiting, but I, I am patient. <laughs> but... Yeah, I do get um, 
I do get messages sometimes from, you know, old classmates saying, hey, so what exactly are you doing with this Bitcoin? What is this? So that is really the extent of it. <laughs> but my, you know, my, my strategy, you know, my, my big plan is to just keep, you know, like putting Bitcoin in their face, like just putting it out on my, on my Twitter, on my Instagram and, uh, you know, not trying to directly convince anybody, but it's like repeat marketing. If you keep seeing something at some point or another, you're going to look into it and then I got you. <laughs> You'll be that person that they'll come to. Yeah. It's a trap, actually. <laughs> it's a trap. That's good. It's a trap. <laughs> Cute plushie, also a trap. <laughs> they get asked your next Christmas presents for everybody. Yay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh cool did we have one more question we had one more question and uh, that question comes from eduardo and it's about el salvador um and eduardo's question is what do you think can go wrong with el salvador's bitcoin adoption does the project have an achilles heel which you know disclaimer by the time you watch the video i think uh, um bitcoin will already be legal tender in el salvador because I think we're recording this, yeah, we're recording this a week before. So things might have changed, disclaimer. <laughs> so my opinion is, um, El Salvador is obviously taking a huge step and pioneering this, but they're also the first to do it. So they have nobody to look at for, you know, advice or guidance. They're like, pretty much on their own. Of course, they have support from the community massively. They have support from some organizations, have no support from fiat institutions like the IMF and the World Bank. Um, so they they are kind of on their own with this and the whole world is looking at them. So people will, you know, nitpick and people will look at everything they do and uh, try to then tell them in hindsight what they should have done better. So that's something they'll have to handle. Um, generally, I think implementation is going to be crucial so I, i've seen this and I've, I, I know you've seen it too this no to bitcoin movement that has recently emerged where you know i don't know the size of it but it's still it's people that are worried about the bitcoin law for not exactly sure why maybe because they don't want to be forced to hold bitcoin right and if everything goes well they will not be forced to hold bitcoin which i think is good because you know um the, the Salvadoran government wants to allow its people to immediately convert Bitcoin to US dollar on receipt if they want. Um, so the, the like a risk I see or a potential danger is if that is not properly implemented, if for whatever reason, maybe the app that they're building doesn't work properly or maybe the fund that they're putting together has some issues, that that uh, ability to convert from Bitcoin to dollars could be impacted. That is all just hypothetical, right? And obviously I'm hoping there's going to be no issues like that. Should that be an issue though, then people might run into a situation where they receive Bitcoin and they'll have troubles converting to dollars. And then that I think is the fear of those people. Uh, like I've seen the, the photos from these demonstrations and uh, it, it looks like it's mostly um, older people and um, I, I also see lots of comments on Twitter from people saying, oh, yeah, they're older. They don't know that this is actually good for them. But it doesn't matter. It's still people with uh, concerns that need to be addressed. So 
I hope that um, the Salvadoran government that they're you know taking care that all of that works out properly, that they are making sure that um, you know the app is is widely available, that people uh, you know maybe have the phones to also use the app, have the internet connection necessary, and uh, know how to convert Bitcoin so that nobody feels like they're forced to hold Bitcoin because it's not for everybody, you know. No, it is volatile. Yeah, I'm not sure um, what the, like, obviously we've heard the announcement and everything, but I'm not sure what, like, other government educating their people on Bitcoin and how to hold, you know, their coins or if they want to or convert them or whatever. Um, I haven't heard too much about that. Well, he, the, the president, uh, President Bukele, he did this uh, PowerPoint presentation, right? Oh, really? So he personally educated people a little bit. and. Uh, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But I'm not sure how much the government initiative is uh, going in that direction. I did read, though, that they're investing in, um, you know, infrastructure and education. I'm not oh, sure cool. what that entails, though. Mm. But there's always risks, you know, with something new like this. It's... There is. I think as well, I mean, I know we, we preach it just in general with Bitcoin, but, you know, you have to do your own research to understand it yourself. And, it's you know, it's fine if the government are trying to help educate but it needs to also be on the people um to educate themselves uh i don't know for me that's kind of where that could be a downfall if people are not self-motivated and you know like we spoke before uh, to learn and actually understand bitcoin but i don't know i guess time will tell yeah yeah i can see many many things that can go wrong of course uh from um the external part so at some point maybe IMF uh, will uh, will say something more from internal pressure from people from technicalities uh, but at the same time I think the the law and all the initiatives uh, that have been made so far are yeah are pretty are pretty good so uh, I'm also very positive because uh, uh, it seems just like the uh, there is a good motivation behind, and um, they, they, there is a, a good thinking, also technical thinking about uh, what they mm. are doing. And I think it's very natural. It's something uh, expected that some people are resisting Bitcoin, and they can even give uh, uh, some good feedbacks. Um, the fact is just some technical stuff. And in general, that's a, a very important point. Everything that is some way uh, coercion from outside. Uh, I mean, uh, in some way, th this is very controversial about uh, the uh, the fact that that there there is a legal tender using Bitcoin, and that that's just like a legal tender is a sort of a coercive uh, uh, tool from the government. Uh, but we are happy about because it's about Bitcoin. So it, it's very it's very complicated if you think about it. So people mm. protesting because something is imposed over them is a good thing in the end because they are manifesting against that. But Bitcoin is so cool. So once again, let's see what happens because it. It's very interesting uh, because otherwise we are going to stuck in this sort of uh, uh, situation. And uh, I think at the same time, they, they are our guinea pigs in that. So uh, I agree, all the people are looking at what they are doing and probably they, they want to replicate this experiment. And uh, the, next, uh, the next month uh, will be very interesting. 
for sure. Yeah, I think you have to respect what Elvis, El Salvador are doing. I mean, it takes it takes countries like that to drive forward the innovation. Let's face it, like you know, they're the first one to do it, and that's great, and they're leading the way. And you know what? If it doesn't work out, then it's kind of like with anything with in life. You know, you try it. If it if it works, great. If it doesn't work out, well, at least you tried. You know, it's more than other countries are doing at the moment. It is, you know, yeah. the, the, you know, you don't want people's uh, livelihoods to be at risk, though, with these things. Mm, yeah. Right. So, I, so I, I agree with Mir too, like imposing anything is not great, even if it's Bitcoin, yeah. I think it's not great. So the Salvadoran government's promise that nobody has to, re- to receive Bitcoin who doesn't want to because they'll use an app that just con- auto converts to dollars, I think mm. is great. Just hopefully it works out that way. Right. Well, we will find out probably yeah. on the next episode because it'll be a weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I think that's all the questions. No, it's not, but we'll do the rest uh, <laughs> next episode. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that is the end of the episode. A little bit longer as... Yeah, as usual. We're kind of we're kind of aiming for the half an hour, but we keep running over. Um, <laughs> yeah, I said a lot of stupid stuff again, so we can just cut that out. That's okay. Then we'll probably take it down to half an hour, which will be great. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that hurt. It's all right. right. I'm including my stupid stuff that I said as well in that. Sure. (laughs) No, no. I want everything, also my bloopers and my blah, 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 bling wrong. I want everything. (laughs) Be authentic. Yeah, yeah. Um, Cool. Yeah. Then, as usual, subscribe. Lena, are we pointing today? Subscribe. 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 <laughs> and what was the rest? Oh no, wait. Like, like and <laughs> God damn it. Uh. Like <laughs> subscribe. Yeah. Like, subscribe. Ring the bell or something. There's a bell apparently. Subscribe that yeah. you can ring. Oh for notifications. Yeah. Uh yes. yeah, follow us on Twitter to uh, Twitter even. I'm gonna do that one again. Follow us on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, join our chat on Telegram. You and briefly uh, slipped into American English there. I know, I Twitter. My Twitter. My mum would be so ashamed of me not pronouncing my T's. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that's us. Done for another episode. Yes. Yay, cool. Right, see you next time. See you next time. Ciao, ciao, ciao. Bye-bye. Ciao, ciao. Bye-bye. <laughs>